chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, good morning. Well, after uh, watching the film uh, last Saturday, uh, we were you know, very pleased with our execution in all three phases. Uh, pleased with um, you know how tough and physical um, our guys played, and we know there's still a ton to clean up. Uh, we had a really good practice yesterday. We know there's always room for improvement, and for sure, even with the score um, that uh, that we ended with on Saturday, there was still lots of improvement in all three phases that we have to we have to clean up. Uh, to get to where we want to go, so our guys definitely—it's—it's uh, it's been it was very exciting to get some results uh, from all the hard work that our that our uh, team has been been putting in, um, and that was a big emphasis. Is hey, we we need some results uh, from uh, these extremely hard practices that we've had, and so we we were happy about that. Uh, but now we got to go back to work. Got to go back to work, and our guys have already gone back to work, and now we, uh, we're getting ready to prepare for for commerce play. Jimmy, you rotated a lot of guys at a lot of positions, even from the get-go, it kind of felt like in that game, except for the offensive line. It looked like the same five guys until things got kind of away from Arkansas State. How much was that just by design to let those five guys play with each other and kind of find their way a little bit? Yeah, that's very typical. Uh, you know, we rarely would rotate guys up front in the offensive line. We want those guys to gel um, together as the game goes uh, goes throughout. Now, things change if there's a competition at a position and maybe guys deserve some more playing time there could be a rotation at one spot but i think um for the most part you're always going to see the offensive line uh staying as one unit you mentioned carson bruner after the game and he seemed to be all over the place hustle plays running downfield um he obviously was moved outside in the spring and then back to inside how have you seen him sort of Get to this point, and what was your assessment of his game? Yeah, so so proud of Carson, and it's just it's everything that we talk about. Tough physical play will always get rewarded here at the University of Washington, and Carson started showing up during uh, training camp, making plays on scout team first. He's on, you know, we're running our our uh, kickoff return against a scout kickoff, and he's on scout kickoff, and all of a sudden we're like, whoa, Carson is showing up. He's showing up on scout punt return starts showing up on defense so we were like hey you know what we need to get this guy on the field somewhere so now we start putting him on special teams he was a huge factor on special teams this last game um had a couple of tackles and then now he's going to get more on defense and then he and then you saw what he was able to do on defense uh knows the calls is running sideline to sideline not making mistakes and so for a young guy just to see him blossoming is uh is very is very nice to see from a strategic perspective, what did you see offensively from the first two games that really made you go, okay, this we got to change this, this isn't working, that, that maybe showed up on Saturday? Yeah, well, us not scoring points in the first two games, uh, that would, uh, it's a fairly easy assumption that we need to, we need to put our players in position to go out there, move the football and put points on the board. 
input points on the board. I mean, uh, you know, our, our, one of our jobs on offense is, is, is to score. And that's, that's what we're supposed to do when we get the ball. We're, we're trying to go down and score. Um, and so um, very proud of our offensive line, proud of Dylan Morris, uh, of our wide receivers, our young wide receiver going out there and making plays. Um, and our whole stable of running backs um, able to run the football. And just one game, we still had tons of improvement to do on that side of the ball, um, but it was a step in the right direction. You mentioned changing, putting your players in a position to succeed. Like Sean and Jalen had half of your offensive touchdowns. Is that a product of what they're able to do offensively, what your game plan was, or kind of just any player you plug in there to that design? Yeah, I think th- those guys seized the opportunity of when they were in the game and and uh, and obviously scored. Uh, we feel like we have a bunch of uh, of weapons that can, can also score. I mean, you didn't even mention Kate Otten there, so I mean, and he's scored a bunch around here, and also you know Rich Newton, and, and I could go on and on and on. Those guys just happen to have the touchdowns that you just mentioned. But I think more style wise, we gave those guys opportunities to to go score. Uh, but it helps when we have a talented player like. Jalen McMillan in there and, and also Sean McGrew, but we have some other talented players that could also um, do those plays as well. Why did this weekend kind of make sense to get Sean involved versus the last couple of weeks? Um, well, I think, so which I mentioned in the first couple of weeks, you know, we're always trying to get our running backs on a rhythm. And in the spring and training camp, you know, we were really getting Rich and Cam in a rhythm and they were, they were playing really uh, well and they deserve to get those reps Kamari and Sean they, they're right there as well and we have a we have a, a wealth of running backs that can get the job done uh, in this game plan we were able to get more running backs in there and Sean sees the opportunity and made some plays but so did Rich Rich made some really good plays too Rich had his best game and so um, you know offensively I think they all had their best game uh, not just uh, Sean McGrew Yeah, he played well. He played really well. So excited for him. He's been banged up a little bit, battled back through, um, you know, some uh, some little setbacks here and there. Seen his game could uh, just reach another level. Uh, He's another young man that has matured and has watched more film now as as an older player. (laughs) He's still not even that old, but as an older player on our roster. Very pleased with Dan, and you're going to see him continue to play a bunch of football for us. You guys started uh, Fatui. You got to start um, next to Tahi. Was that more of a reflection of how Fatui had been playing, or with Tuli? I know that he played a little bit as well. Was there some injury stuff there? Or was it more just Fatui sort of seizing that? Yeah, no. Fatui's been playing really well, and you know those those three actually could be could be starters and that's the way we look at it and so put him out there and sure enough he made a bunch of plays he's the one that caused the fumble that Braylon Trice was able to scoop and score um, it's been it's been a joy to watch those three D tackles who we have talked about need to take the next step in their game playing better and Taki Tuli and and Fatui still have tons of tons to room to grow and, and continue to develop but I see all three of those guys as starters did you guys run more run-pass option stuff offensively, or did, did it maybe just look that way? Yeah, we definitely trickled some stuff in there, uh, and then some play-action stuff, which is which is different. Uh, we There was definitely a, a mixture uh, of, of all that. Some were run calls, some they did have the option to throw it, and some were fake run calls where we, where we threw it. 
How did you think Dylan handled that that part of it? Yeah, I thought he handled it really well, uh, really well. You know, unfortunately, one of the one of the balls. Uh, was tipped and got intercepted, uh, which that can happen when you're running that type of offense and which we see it when we go against it. Um, but I think overall, with uh, with the, the production and, and, and the points, I would say he handled it really well. Jim, what's kind of your overall evaluation of Dylan's progress in the first three weeks? Uh, definitely played his best game uh, this, last, this last game. Um, and I guess, you know, if I give an overall assessment, he's played better each game. And so, you know, the first game, obviously, nobody played well, not just him. Nobody coached well. I should say that first. Nobody coached well, which in turn, we didn't play very well. Uh, but if you look at his progression, he had his first road game, played played solid. We didn't get the run game going, uh, but he made a bunch of, you know, really good throws against a good defense. And then in game three, had his best production and led us to a victory. So I would say his progression is arrows going up. You guys have struggled uh, at times stopping the run against more pro-style offenses like a Michigan or a Stanford last year. Obviously, you know what Cal is going to try to do. Where does the struggle come from there, and how do you try to assess that and improve on that? Yeah, so the first thing, you know, for the first couple of weeks, um, and I gave our credit to the offense this last Saturday, the reason why we were able to get some turnovers and they couldn't lean on the run game was because we scored points and we made it a game. The first couple of weeks, we did not do that. And we got to get, we got to do a better job of getting off blocks and tackling and not giving up the long run. And so that's the first thing we do on defense, which we gave up a couple of long runs in game one and game two. And then we didn't allow the game to become a game. And, uh, they got the off the opposing offense stayed conservative and were able to wear us down. And so now as we get into game four here, it's the same recipe. Uh, we've got to be able to defend the run, get off blocks, tackle two really good running backs, go against a, a run scheme that's uh, has been very successful. Uh, and the, but then on the flip side, we got to make sure we're moving the ball. We're putting points on the board to make our opponent have to throw it and have to get out of uh, a conservative close to the vest offense. You mentioned after the game that Bookie is one of those players that's grown every single game. What have you seen specifically him improve on as he's grown in the first three weeks? Yeah, it's just the details. It's the details. You know, I wish, I wish Bookie would if if Bookie would have came here out of uh, high school. Hey, he just imagine where he'd be right now. Um, can I say that? I can say that, right? He's here. Um, what's that? Yeah, we're on him. Um, so. It's it, what's really cool now that he's here to see his game and his uh, the, his details of his the, of the position he's getting better at every single day and every single week and he's played better from game one to game three and um, and I, and then I'm I'm guessing he's going to play his best football this this Saturday because he's hungry he wants it he's really smart he's got a good savvy about him about football he's got a great football awareness. And it's it's funny watching his just eyes open when we tell him another detail. Well, if you see this, you can do this, and um, it's cool the interaction. He's just like, Coach, I've never I've never heard these type of uh, coaching points before. And then and then you have film to back it up, and then he gets to watch the film and how it's supposed to be done. And so his game's just going to continue to to raise as long as he keeps working at it, which I know he's going to work at it. This guy loves football, and I'm glad he's a dog. Yeah, he played. He play, played really fast and um, uh, was a, a tough physical uh, tackler. Uh, and he just flashed on the screen. You could tell he uh, 
you could tell he loved football. That's what that's that's what, that's what I remember. It was like a long a long time ago now, but I I do remember when he was at Calabasas and he was the fastest guy on film. Did you spend preparing for Cal last season before the game was scrapped? Oh geez, man, you're taking me back. Uh, I mean, whenever whenever it was announced that we we're playing Cal, that's how long we were. I, I can't remember the time frame. That that seems like a distant memory. But whenever it said, whenever they said, "Hey, you're playing Cal," we started game planning that hour. How do they look now versus maybe when you prepared last season? Do you remember very much from that? Yeah, very similar. You know, they have carryover with their coordinators. Uh, their last defensive coordinator. He did leave. You know, he's at Oregon now, and so there's a little bit, a little bit different. But the structure is going to remain the same because Justin Wilcox is a defensive guy, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of the, the influence of how, what they're running on defense um, uh, goes through him. So there's a ton of similarities, but they have the same offensive coordinator from last year, and they have the same special teams coordinator. What is it about the way they play that made them such a tough matchup the, the last couple times you guys faced them? Yeah, they, they. Um, are very sound on defense. You know, I've, I've said it before. I have a ton of respect for, for Justin, for Coach Wilcox. He's, they're going to be sound on defense. They're not going to make a lot of mistakes. They're going to try to get turnovers. And then on offense, they, they uh, you know, have a really good running game and they don't turn the ball over. So that's going to keep you in every single game. And if you look at the both those, you know, it's a one-score game, low scoring. I don't think either team scored over 20 points in the last two years in 2018 and 2019. If I, my memory serves me, it was like 13, 10, and 1917 or something like that. So, uh, or maybe it was 21, 17, whatever it was. Uh, that's going to keep you in every game. If you can play great run defense, you can run the football, get turnovers and not turn the ball over, you're going to be in every game. And we came out on the, the short side of both those. What do you remember about the delay two years ago and coming inside and having to go back out and just being a part of that. It's the last time I played these guys. Right. Yeah. I, first, I remember the electric atmosphere that was in Husky Stadium, uh, minus the lightning. The electric atmosphere, uh, the electric atmosphere with our fans. And we had a punt return, I believe it was. We had a big stop on defense. The crowd was going crazy. You could feel the momentum in the in the in Husky Stadium. And then all of a sudden, the break. And that was. I remember how awkward that was. I have been around it before. It's happened a ton down in Tampa Bay. Uh, that that's the the lightning capital of the world. If you didn't know that, so we I've had a ton of delays uh, before, but this one was unique because it lasted so long. I remember there was a lot of discussion about if this if it continued on that they would just cancel the game and um, yeah, it was something we weren't expecting. But hey, no excuses. You got to go out there and you got to go finish the game and. And uh, we didn't finish it, and they, they played better better than us uh, when the lights came back on. Did you ever think there was a point that night that it was going to get postponed or, or canceled? They, uh, yeah, they, they uh, I remember them walking around saying there's a chance that this is going to be canceled, not postponed, not redone, like it was going to be canceled. And I, nobody wanted that um, because then that would have, uh, you know, given other people in the north. Uh, an advantage if they're playing all their games and they have a, a, one more victory than than us or Cal, that would put them in an advantage. I was ready to wait that thing out and just let's just wait for the clouds to clear and we're, let's go play this thing. Let's go do it. Have you ever had a game finish at, I don't know, what was it, 1.30 or whatever? I have not. That was a first. That was a first. With your guys' outside linebacker play, I mean, we don't see the sacks, but like you brought up before, I mean, Michigan ran it however 40 times, so not opportunities, but how would you assess on film how that group has played to this point? Uh, 
just overall, you're talking about pass rush, or just you're just saying overall. Well, yeah, overall. Yeah, overall, um, they've played solid. We need to we need to play better in the run game for sure in the first two games. Um, I mean, if it becomes a slugfest for four quarters, we need to we need to play better as a whole as on defense. You know, if it's tight, hey, we need to we need to play better. Uh, We've had some production, like I mentioned in the first game. They 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 held Ryan Bowman a few times, so the pass rush is there, and we got some penalties. Uh, Cooper, I believe, had the first sack the first game, if my memory serves are correct. Um, not a lot of opportunities in game two, uh, but those guys are those guys are doing their job. When they're doing their job, it opens up for somebody else, and so the production that we've been able to have, or the pass rush uh, that we've been able to generate. You know, starts with those guys and the guys inside. But I think overall solid, but with a lot of room to to improve. Yeah, some drops at wide receiver Saturday. And tight end. Yeah, I think Terrell had one on the first drive right up his chest. Mm. Is that just guys just kind of working back in after not playing? Or how do you? Well, he was playing. I mean, he's he's played the last two weeks. I mean, it's just. I mean, there's. These are things that we practice. Obviously, we don't practice to drop the football. Uh, these we we practice to catch the football. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you could. You're supposed to catch the football. I mean, that, that's. It, but it, this is part of the game, right? You see it yesterday in the NFL. I mean, guys drop the football. That's what happens. And it's, sometimes guys get too excited and they take their hand. They take their eyes off the ball and they want to get yards after the catch and they forget the the first thing is to catch the football. Um, some guys feel footsteps. Some guys think they're going to get hit. Some guys want to get dart up the field. I think there's a, just a laundry list of things of why it happens. We just got to continue in practice. Uh, run your route, catch the football, and then do step three after you catch the football, which is run after the catch. Ben, you've coached here. That students are back on campus. What would you say to them to try to get them to fill the dog pad? Yeah, I mean they're extremely important to to uh, to our success our success at home, uh, along with the rest of our fans. I'm sure they're going to be excited. It's I mean the first time they've been able to come to a game since 2019. It's going to be last year's freshman class and this year's freshman class first time they've ever attended a football game. Um, so I'm excited to feel their energy and feel their passion. Um, I'm very excited for them to be able to have the opportunity to come watch uh, some Husky football. We've got some turnovers, and I know you, you preached about it just takes time. Now that you've got some, what does that do to the defense coming in going to the next game in terms of being patient and trying to create more turnovers? Yeah, we we don't we don't change anything. It's the same message every game. Our job is to score, get the ball back on defense. We're trying to score, which we did last week, and then we're trying to get the ball back for the offense if we can't score. That's our job on defense. That never changes. That's a, that's the standard around here. That's what our defense uh, needs to be known for. If we're doing that, we're going to be winning a lot of football games. And so it doesn't change. This is game four. Our job on defense: score, get the ball back. It starts with stopping the run. We got to stop the run first. If you can't stop the run, then we're not, it's not going to open up opportunities to get turnovers. And so that never changes. Found voice and play time the first few games. What stood out about their play, even though the freshman? What stood out early on, uh, back in the spring, was they they could handle our menu of calls and they could handle taking on double teams. They could handle pass rush from the interior. That's what stood out early on. Usually, young guys like that 
they, they cannot handle our menu of calls. They can't handle the run block schemes that they're seeing up front. And so when we saw those guys being able to be productive against our offensive line in the spring and in training camp, we knew that they were going to be ready for it. Now, as we get into real play and the spotlight is on and we're going against another opponent, I mean, just like everybody, there's going to be that point of like, okay, college football is really fast. All right, I got to be on the details of my position. I can't get out of my gap. I got to make sure I do my job. And that's just a growing maturation process uh, that those guys are going through along with our, you know, a lot of our young guys. But happy where, where they're at right now. They're getting better every single week. And it's awesome that we have that depth with those two guys and they're getting some awesome uh, uh, reps right now to make them better. You obviously had a, had a big game on, on Saturday. What are some of the, I guess, unique things he brings to that wide receiver group that stand out? Fast. He's got length. He's tall. And he catches the ball really, really well. Uh, that's why we were so excited coming out of spring, coming out of training camp. Um, you know, with uh, the explosiveness that we could have at the wide, re- wide receiver position. When we had Terrell Bynum back in game two, you guys saw the added pop that he gave us. And then all of a sudden, we have Jalen McMillan back, and then you saw some added pop there. Um, and then it's going to be really awesome uh, when we get the other one back eventually. So I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, you guys can see it on film. He's tall, he's fast, and catches the ball. That puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Now all of a sudden, you got to worry about him, and now we can hand it off to whichever running back's back there, and they're going to make some yards. When do you expect back? Week to week. Week to week. Hey, can you talk about uh, Alex Coates' uh, block punt? Uh, was that something you guys saw on film, or was that just a good plan? Well, obviously it's a good plan. Yeah. Part, no, so it was definitely it was something that we saw on film. We want to give uh, tons of credit to Keith Bonifa, and he designed a scheme to, to get after it. The, the, the cool thing was it was actually designed for, for a couple of other guys uh, to get the block. That was the only time we had called the block, and he called it at the perfect time. Um, but those other two, the other, those other guys did their job so well, and they were so worried about those guys going for the block. And then the, the hustle play by Alex Cook, he ended up coming free based on uh, the block scheme that uh, Coach Bonifa put together. So great job, by, great job by KB, great job by our punt return, our punt block unit, executing uh, what we were trying to do. And, and then Alex Cook, again, just shows up. He shows up on kickoff. He shows up in special teams. Now he, and he shows up on defense. Uh, another player that we, we rewarded because he showed us a lot of tough physical plays on special teams, playing on defense now. And that's a brave play, running through a line of scrimmage, foot faking a guy, and having the bravery to, to go down and, and slam a punt. Uh, great job by Alex Cook. Jimmy, I don't believe we've seen Dom on defense since the time calling against Michigan. Is that by design or just kind of the way things work out? <laughs> there's a, there's, for our whole team, there's always going to be, if we have um, some mental missteps with poise, there, there's always going to be a price to pay. And now you have to earn your trust back. And when that trust is earned back, then more playing time will be given. Do 
Yeah, it, you know, a lot of coaches do it different ways, as you, as you guys all know. A lot of coaches do it a ton of different ways. There's been a lot of success with guys, you know, uh, at ground level, a lot of success, guys up top. I believe, uh, the, I'll just say the pros of being up top is you get to see, you get to see everything. You get to see what the defense is doing from a bird's eye view. You can be a step ahead. You can see field position better. And also, the atmosphere is calm. Uh, you don't have to feel the ebb and the flow of, uh, I mean, the crowd, the referees, the body traffic that's on the sideline. You're trying to not get run over. And I mean, it, it's, 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 it can be chaotic on, on a sideline. And so I think there's a lot of pros of being up in the booth. Now, there's also pros of being down below and feeling the temperature of the team. Or, uh, hey, do these guys need a, a kick in the butt right now? Do these guys need to get motivated? Am I going to be able to motivate this, this, these guys from you know thousands of feet away up in a booth? Or do I need to be on the field in these guys' face, eyeball to eyeball? And so there's, there's pros and cons to both. I think it did help us this last game. And, um, and we'll just kind of see how this is going to progress as we move forward. Being a quarterback coach, in addition to being an offensive coordinator, there's kind of that stuff. So how does that play into exactly? That and that's you know that was the big reason why we started off last year of being down below. Which which helped, uh, you know, a start a, a quarterback playing his first college football game. Uh, Dylan Morris playing his first college football game of of being able to settle him down and 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 be there with him and almost have that bedside manner like a, like a doctor. You're right there, like it's okay. Hey, they showed this blitz. Everything's fine. Let's do this. Let's do this. Here's what we're gonna do now. Um, you don't get that same bedside manner when you're when you're up on the booth uh, on a on a on the phone. Um, the cool thing now is Dylan's played seven college football games now and has gotten to know his offensive coordinator, quarterback coach better now. We've been together for a little bit now, so now they can probably have the same type of communication over a phone now from, from distance. Late sack from Jacoby Covington. And we saw some of that in, in fall in terms of him blitzing. Has he stood out as a blitzer, as a you know, as well as the things that he's done as a corner for you guys? I would say he stood out as a no. I wouldn't say that. I mean, he is a good blitzer, but he's a good cover guy. Um, what I was proud of him on that moment was that was a defensive call that we didn't rep a ton, but he should know. And for a young guy to be able to execute that call in that moment, and and he did it perfectly. And he hit the quarterback in the strike zone. No targeting. No, you know, no, not a late foul on the quarterback. Anything, nothing like a young player would normally make like a, a mistake like that in that moment. I was very proud of him of that. Of that. Um, still has a, has a lot of uh, improvement, just like all of our guys do. But really cool to see his progression and for him to make a big play like that. Team responding this week versus the first two weeks. Exactly the same. We're going back to work. That's our ink of our team. We're going back to work. We're bricklayers. Win, lose, we're going back to work. And our team has gone back to work. We ask you all the time about how players handle kind of the peaks and valleys of the season. What about coaches? And what have you seen from Donovan in the last three weeks? Is I mean, He's obviously aware of what's out there. How has he handled all this? Same thing for, for our team and for our staff. Is, when I say team, is this is everybody. The anchor of our team is to be a bricklayer. And whether we're 
being highly successful and now everybody thinks we're great, we need to go back to work and get our team ready to go win the next one. Or we're struggling and everyone thinks we don't know how to coach football or play football anymore. We're going back to work. We're going back to work. And so we need to have that urgency, whether we're, uh, we, we're having success or we're struggling. And so uh, what I've seen from our team, our whole staff and our, and our players is we've gone back to work and we're going to continue to go back to work. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.